What an absolutely fascinating sicha. One that is going to come from the Nigla perspective. We're going to speak about the ownership of Eretz Yisrael, about the sanctity of Eretz Yisrael, and how how appropriate it is to the time that we are in as the Rebbe lays down the foundation of our halachic ownership of Eretz Yisrael and the fact that the sanctity of Eretz Yisrael can never be, at least from, uh, from Ezra and on, can never be questioned or uprooted. Let's do this. In Parshas Lech Lecha Gefint Men Kama Pamem De Avtachet From Them Eberishten To Avramen As Evet Im Un Zane Kinder Geben Eretz Yisrael Parshas Lech Lecha There's a number of references To the promise That the Eberishter makes That God Almighty makes to Avram That Hashem will give To Avram and to his children The land of Eretz Yisrael The Rebbe brings a number of examples You know Fang Sadrish Teit Vayeda Hashem Al Avram Vayeme Lezaracha Etin Asar Tazais Hashem revealed himself to Avram And he said To your offspring I will give this land The Nachba Mavekin from Mitzrayim And later there's a story That they come back from Mitzrayim And Avram and Lloyd get into some Disagreement And they decide to separate one from another After that the Ebishter reveals himself to Lloyd To Avram And says This entire land that you see I will give it to you and to your offspring For eternity Another passage Rise up And walk Along this land To its length and to its breadth Because I will be giving it to you these three psukim, if you will notice, all use the term etain, as in give, and in the future tense, I will give. And then by the Brisbane Absarim, the covenant that Hashem made with Avraham, when he has to walk between the parts, the says, And that day, Hashem made a covenant with Avraham to say, To your children I gave, and notice here it's in the past tense, this land, from the Nile River until the, to, until the big river, the Euphrates. When invited the Kipsukim, and then the ten different nations that ultimately Avram's children will conquer are all mentioned in the Pasuk. Now, if we look at these various different promises that the Eibishter makes, we will see a very general difference. The the first two that are mentioned, which are that are said in the future tense, did not come as part of or in connection to anything that Avram did or said. Hashem said, uh, th there was nothing that it came from Avram's end. Hashem came to Avram and said, I'm going to give you the land. But the one that by the Brisbane Abisarim, when Hashem says, I gave you this land in the past tense, this happens after two things on the part of Avram. Number one, after Avram fulfilled the request of Hashem and walked the length and the breadth of the land. Then Hashem says to Moshe, In addition to that, this 
was in continuation to the previous statement. I want to give you this land to inherit it. And in response to Avram's question, how will I know what's the proof that I will inherit this land? So first of all, Avram did something. He walked the length and the breadth of the land. Number two, Avram had asked the question, Hashem said, I'm going to give you this land. And Avram asked the question, Avram asked something. And to that, the Ebishter responds, this case, it's in the past tense. So the general, the general uh, uh, um, difference is that some psukim, the earlier, in the earlier part of the parsha, they're written Belashan Asid in the future tense. And, and, um, they, they, they're, they're not a response to anything that Avram does or says. And then later when the Beris Ben Absarim, it says that Nosati Loshan Ovar in the past tense. And it is in reaction to or after something that Avram does and that Avram says. Now, the Ragachavar is Mevaridim Tamfachilakalashenus. The Ragachavar addresses a different difference that you'll notice that. The third time, which was which was mentioned, uh, not in the in this in, in the second paragraph, but in the third paragraph, the bottom of of, of this first of this uh, first column, the lashon apostok is the the lashon lerishta to inherit. Avram asks the question, Hashem says, I'm going to give it to you, Lerishta, to inherit. And Avram asks, how will I know that I will inherit? So that's, so we see the Lush in Yerusha. Masha'ikin, the Lush in the Friedrich Epsukim is Lezaracha etin l'chaetnena. So the, 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 the Dagachavir focuses not on the difference of Avar and Asid, but on the difference of the fact that later on, the Lush is Lerishta, a Lush in Yerusha inheritance. And earlier on, the Lush is etin or etnena to give and the Rakhachavar explains that this is two different manners in which the Abishter uh, gave Etisral to the Yidden. There's Begeder Matana and Begeder Yerusha. The Abishter gave Etisral to the Yidden as a gift and as a present, and the Abishter gave Etisral to the Yidden as, a, uh, as an inheritance. <coughs> And the Ragachavah continues to say that this is the difference between the first time the Yidden enter into Eretz Yisrael in the time of Yeshua, and the second time they go to Eretz Yisrael in the time of Ezra after the 70 years of Galas Babel. The first time the Yidden went into Eretz Yisrael and, the word, and they conquered Eretz Yisrael, this was given to them as a matana. Gather Nekuda, call Eretz Yisrael. A matana is a package deal. You get the whole thing. You don't break it down and you say, okay, I'm going to give you half a gift. When you give someone a gift, you give them the entire thing. And if you give just part of it, it's as if nothing. Either you give the gift or you don't give. When the kibush the second time they didn't go into Eretz Yisrael, and really, as we'll see later, it wasn't the kibush. So it's interesting that it uses the term kibush over here. But... But um, um, it, it's referring to the second time they enter into Israel, having gathered Yerusha. This wasn't just a gift. This time it was an inheritance. And therefore, Vegam mixes. And therefore, this can apply even 
to part of it. Just like by Yerusha, if there's more than one heir, then the inheritance is divided amongst the heirs. So, the Raghat Shavar explains that there is two types of gifting, of giving. One is a gift, one is an inheritance, and this would and this would break itself down. The first time they went to Eretz Yisrael, it was Matana. The second time they went to Eretz Yisrael, it was a Yerusha. Alpize is Muzber der Chile Kanal zwischen die erste zwei Avtachis und der Avtacha bei Britz ben Absarim. And with this, we can also explain why there is sometimes in the Lushen of Ovar and sometimes in the Lushen of Sorry, why sometimes use the words Nasati, Nesina, and sometimes use the words Yerusha. The Kibush from the Kibush from the Knisa Shnia, Velchez Given, Noch, the Matzef, Umipne Chatino, Galino Marzeno, when they went in the second time after they had sinned and been exiled from their land. Is Mirumis in the Raftachabam Christus, Brisla Zerachan, Nasati. This is alluded to in the promise by the Brisbane Absarim, which, which says, over there, I gave it to you, my your, to, to your children. Which is compared to the second entry. After Avram says, "How will I know that I inherited?" tell us. I say, just tell us that this was considered like a sin for the fact that Avram questioned Hashem. Is given and we see, as a matter of fact, the connection between the fact that the second entrance entry to Eretz Yisrael comes after Golos is connected to the fact that in the second in in, in the second part of the parasha, but been absurdum, actually Golos is mentioned, where Hashem tells Avram that that, that that his children are going to go into Golos, which was referring to Golos Mitzrayim, and Echmanam is going to of Golos Bavel when they under the Golius, which the Golos Mitzrayim there is over there an allusion to the other Golius, including Golos Bavel. So we see the connection between Umipnei Chateinu Galinu Mayatzeinu and the particles that Achanasati. Number one, because Avram did somewhat of a sin by asking Bama Eida, and number two, because it discusses Golos in that promise. But the first kibush through Yeshua, once again, the Eshtek Nisna is told the first entry into Israel. Is Merumas the Eshtek Sveav Tachas when the Revishtin is alluded to in the first two promises, Nit Alt Hemshech to Silas Avram, not as a continuation to Avram's question. Nor was the Revishtin. Something that, that came from Hashem. The other thing we mentioned is, is that is that the second time around, number one, Avram walked the land. Number one, I, I, here we're going to in, in, in uh, the other direction, but number one, Avram asked the question of Ma'idikirashena, and number two, Avram walked the land. Also, here you see a connection between Avram. Uh, walking the land and the second entry into Eretz Yisrael, the the entry in the time of Ezra. Is mefurish and targum yenison. Yenis targum yenison explains as the smeid avad baches kasa by Avram walking the land. He made a chazaka. A chazaka is a legal transaction by taking possession or symbolizing possession in some way. One of the ways would be to dwell in it. But in this case, by Avram walking the land, Avram was making a chazaka, showing ownership of the land. 
And this is also the concept of Chazaka is also the difference or the or the advantage of the second entry. And Rama explains this. As Kedusha Rishayna, Eine Yalvah Pnei Shub Kibush Rabim. The first Kedusha, the first entry into Eretz Yisrael, which brought about the first sanct, uh, the first sanctity of Eretz Yisrael, Eine Yalvah Pnei Shub Kibush Rabim, because it was conquered. The Kibush Rabim, because it was conquered. But once Eretz Yisrael was taken from the Yidin who conquered the land, but the Kibush, this cancels out the conquering, the conquest. And Minatera, this the Arsel became Potter from tithing and from the Shemitah from the sabbatical year. Because it wasn't considered as Israel anymore. When Ezra uh, went up to Israel and consecrated the land, he didn't do so through conquering. It was through taking possession of it. And therefore, says the Rambam, any part of it is Israel that the, those who came up from Bavel took possession of. And therefore became holy through this, this second entry with Ezra. Is still holy till this very day. And even though the land was taken from them, Nevertheless, the sanctity remains and, and the, the, the owner of that part of the land would be obligated to bring to, to fulfill the mitzvah of Shvius and to bring Maisvis. So we see from over here that the difference. So let's break it down. Number one, we have Ova, Asid, and Ovar. That there's Etin and Etnena and Lazarach and Asati. Number two, we have the fact that in the first two psukim come from Hashem directly without anything done on Avram's part. And number two, Avra, the second time around, Avram has to walk the land and he, he says, The Ragachavar explains that in the beginning it uses the Lashon Matana, later it uses the Lashon Yerusha, and he says this is referring to Kibush Rishen with Yeshua and the Kibush Sheni in the time of Ezra. And in addition to that, we see that by the second time they go in, A, Avram says, A, there was, Avram says, which is Alderach, a sin. And there's a mention of Galus. While in the first Kibush, this is uh, 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 representing the fact that the Abishter uh, uh, came, it gave it on his own without any anything coming from below. In addition to that, we now look at the, the, the Kibush versus Chazaka. That the first entry was through Kibush, and therefore it was not, uh, forever was not permanent, and the second kibush, uh, was second entry was through chazaka, and therefore it is permanent. And the Rebbe is now going to try to analyze and understand the Ramam a little bit better. Earlier on, we explained that we said that there was a matana and a yerusha. That was that, that's what the Ragachavar said. The Rabbam says that it was uh, 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 Kibush versus Chazaka. What's the connection between Kibush and Matana? And what's the connection between Chazaka and Yerusha? It seems to be two totally differentiations. And some, but somehow they have to, they, they have to connect with each other. And this is the Rabbam's question. What's, basically, we're trying to connect the Rambam and the Ragachavar. In order to understand this, the Rabbam is going to bring on other questions on the Rambam, try to answer those questions on the Rambam, 
refute those answers, then the Rebbe is going to come in with an incredible uh, 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 explanation that will shed light on all of this and at the same time explain to us uh, uh, that even at the halacha, there is this deep uh, uh, internal connection between a Yid and Eretz Yisrael. Yes, the father is behekta mabir and In order to explain this, we have to first understand the Rambam a little better. In Velcha, the Kesef Mishnah, for Exeshalis and the Kesef Mishnah, one of the commentators on the Rambam asks two questions. Aleph. I don't understand why is Chazaka more powerful than, than Kibush? Why can't we say the same thing by Chazaka? That after we took possession of the land, if the land is taken from us and we're not in possession of it anymore, then our Chazaka ends and it's not ours anymore. Just like we said by Kibush that if I conquered the land and then it was taken away from us, I lost the I lost the conquest. And it's not Eretzisol anymore. Why can you say this thing about Chazaka? That I have the Chazaka and then I lost the Chazaka. Base. The second question is from the other direction. Number two. This first time that it became holy through Kibush, through conquest. Did it, was there no chazaka? Once they conquered it, then they then they moved in. When they moved in, that's a chazaka. Is chazaka without conquest any stronger than chazaka with conquest? The Rambam is saying that the first time around there was a, there was a kibush, a conquest. The second time there was a chazaka. There was there was there was, there, there was a taking possession. But the first time also they ended up taking possession after they conquered it. So why is that any worse than than, than, than Chazaka without Kibush? So it's known that there's various different explanations in the words of the Rambam. The Aleph, the first one is from the Radvaz. The Radvaz is also a commentator on the Rambam. Says the Radvaz that what the Rambam means is that in the time of Yeshua, they did not actually say the words that they were they were making Eretz Yisrael holy, they were sanctifying Eretz Yisrael. In the time of Ezra, there was some sort of ceremony in which they proclaimed verbally that they were, they were elevating and sanctifying and consecrating Eretz Yisrael. First of all, says the Rebbe, we don't see this anywhere. There's no source to this. There's nowhere where we see clearly that in the time of Ezra, they did sanctify it with words. In addition to this, the Rambam makes no mention of this or no allusion to this. The Rambam clearly explains the difference in the Rambam's opinion. That, that the difference is that here there was a kibush and here there was a chazaka. Rambam says nothing like a true of a pair, and clearly says there was a different reason. So how can you say that this is the explanation? The second way is the Tesis Yantif. But then for the Kashf Mishnah, he comes to answer the question of the Kashf Mishnah. The Rambam holds that the conquering, conquest by the nations can come and uproot the conquest of the Yidden. But the second time around, where they took Chazaka, not through Kibush, not through conquering, but because they were given permission by the king of Persia, who at the time was the ruler of Eretz Yisrael, 
and he gave them permission to take possession of it. So, so if someone else comes, another nation comes and conquers it from them, that cannot overpower the chazaka, the possession that was taken with permission from the giver. So that's how he's mechalak. The question was, uh, hear this kibush, hear this, hear this chazaka, hear this chazaka. He says, no, this chazaka was based on a kibush. And therefore, th- therefore, it's weaker. Because if another kibush comes and uproots the chazaka, then there's no more chazaka. The second chazaka was done through permission from the person who was giving, uh, gi- giving it to them, or at least who thought he was giving it to them. And therefore, it, it's a different ca- type of chazaka. The first question of the Kasef Mishnah, which was, why is Chazaka any better than Kibush? If a Gentile nation comes and conquers the land through a battle, if that works for them to acquire the land away from us and uproots our previous ownership is was what the trick given as if the government will come and need to give need to need durch kibush not durch gesagt mit das nächsten so how does it change how this how how it, we got it in the first place the baldes is given der kinya for kibush from mit sadin nachem bleibt doch nicht heil lost the case of mischt lamme in the gesagt kam kibush nicht gar mit den batlachasaka if we're focusing on the fact that another nation can come and take the land from us why does it matter how we got it if they could make a Kenyan, if they could take ownership of it, then why does it matter how we got it? And the second question of the Kesef Mishnah, which was that we also had Chazaka the first time around. If Chazaka is so powerful, uh, we had Chazaka the first time around. So here's another question. Even by Yeshua, in some of the parts of Israel, it was given to them. The, the noisen, the giver, gave them permission. And the Rebbe brings the example. The Givainim was a certain group of people that sort of tricked uh, Yeshua and the people to make a, a, a covenant with them that they won't destroy them. And in that place, they will willingly give them the land. And in the end, because they had made this promise, they, that's actually what happened. Yeshua didn't destroy them. And they gave the land to Israel. Here, they, were, they gave it willingly. But the Ramah doesn't differentiate and say, oh, there's certain parts that came and therefore they... They, they're ours forever, including Trumas and Mice, including Mices and Shviz. And some part of that doesn't differentiate between this part and that part. Even the part of the Givainim, which was given to the, to the Yidden, uh, willingly, also the Ramam includes that in the part of Eretz Yisrael. So if the, if the difference is whether it was given willingly or not, then there's parts of Eretz Yisrael, even the first time around, that were given willingly. And the Ramam does, uh, 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 does not identify that uh, or distinguish that. So this answer of the Tesis Yamtiv, that the difference is whether it was given with permission or, or was taken against their will, does not seem to answer the questions of the Kesef Mishnah. It might answer the question, what, what the difference is, but the Kesef Mishnah had two questions, neither of which are properly answered through this approach. The Tesis Yamtiv doesn't mabshech. The Tesis Yamtiv then adds, then, then continues. And you can't ask a question, why are you saying that by the second time they went into Yisrael? It was given to them willingly by the king of Paras, and the first kibush was different. By the first kibush, Hashem gave it to them. It's also a nesina, midas ha 
So why was it any different than that when, when, the, when the king of Persia gave it to them? She asked the Hashu because you could answer back. Because the first time around, the Abish Ataka gave it to the Yidim. But, but the Abish's prophets prophesied that the destroyers will come and take it from the Yidim. And then they also prophesied that Kadesh, the king of Persia, is going to give it back. So therefore, the same Abishter that promised it also took it back. So that doesn't count. But the fact that, that, uh, 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 the fact that then we will then take it away from them, we don't find any Nevoah. Sorry, the fact that after we, we went in, after Kadesh gave it to us, then it was taken away from us by the Romans, that we don't find any Nevoah about that. And therefore it's considered that they, they didn't have permission to do so. And, there, and you can't steal karka, you can't just rob it. It's, it remains ours even if, you, even if you move in on it. So says the Tesis Yantiv that the fact that the Abishter promised that he's going to give it to us, that doesn't count, so to speak, because he also promised to take it from us. And he also promised he's going to give it, give it back to us. So the fact that the Abishter is giving it to us, that, that happened by both. What didn't happen the second time around is that there was no permission from the Abishter to take it from us. But this does, still doesn't answer the question. If we accept that conquering through a war, a conquest, is something that can uproot a previous ownership. Why does it matter whether there's a prophecy about it? Either, either you take or you can or you can't take ownership of it. If going to Melchama and taking over a land, conquering a land works, then just like it worked the first time, it should work the second time. And if the meaning of the Tesis Yamtiv is that a Goy cannot, a Gentile nation cannot conquer through, through, cannot take ownership through conquest. And if you're going to say that, generally speaking, a, a Gentile nation cannot acquire through conquest, but in the case of Nebuchadnezzar and Kairish, they had a specific permission, and that's why they were able to take it from us. This doesn't fit with the Rambam. The Rambam is a very different thing. The Ramam doesn't go into the fact whether there was a prophecy or there wasn't a prophecy. The Ramam says the first time there was only a kibush, and the second time there was a chazak. Which means the Ramam is focusing on how the Yidden got it. But according to the Tezas Yom, it doesn't matter how the Yidden got it. What matters is whether the guy who took it away from them had permission. According to the according to Tesis Yamtiv, even if the Yid Yidin had made a chazaka, still Nebuchadnezzar had permission to take it away. And the second time around, according to Tesis Yamtiv, even if it was only kibush, it still wouldn't work. Even if the Yidin gained it through kibush, it wouldn't. Still, uh, the the other guy can't take it away because they had no permission from Hashem. So the Tesis Yamtiv is basing it on 
whether the nation that, that took it away from us had permission from Hashem or not. That's not what the Rambam says. So we still have to understand the Rambam. What does the Rambam mean that the first time was Kibush and the second time was Chazaka? First of all, why is Kibush any better than Chazaka? And number two, also by the first Kibush there was Chazaka as well, which are the two questions of the Kesef Mishnah. But again, it's a Shaila Anal, but when the Cherig can't answer it. So the Rebbe suggests an answer which the Rebbe is going to refute. The second question, which was that also by the first Kibush there was a Chazaka. So on this you could answer, seemingly. Lady Andrew Mefarsim and Mavad David Ramam and some uh, other commentators actually explain this in the Ramam. Even though when Yeshua conquered land, there was also Chazaka, but the didn't acquire it through Chazaka. Because their intent was to conquer it through Kibush, through conquering, to, to, to take ownership through conquering. And therefore, their Chazaka didn't accomplish anything. In other words, these Mefarshim explain that it's about intent. You, when you're being kainim with chazaka, there has to be an intent that I'm going to be kainim through chazaka, which didn't happen because over there they were trying to do it through kibush. And we could learn this from the din that if somebody weeds in the in the field that belongs to a ger, a ger that died, so a ger that dies uh, uh, and he has no relatives, uh, his his property becomes. Hefker, ownerless. Now, if somebody went in on that property, thinking that it was their own, not the gears, and they weeded, which is one of the ways to make a chazaka, he's not kaina. He doesn't. He cannot acquire the land through that. Why? Because since, because since he didn't intend with that action to make a chazaka, because he thought it was his, therefore what he did has no relevance with regards to ownership. Similarly, we could say in this case, since they did not were not intending to take ownership through through Chazaka, therefore the Chazaka doesn't work. First of all, can, can we make this comparison? In the case of the Ger, there was no intent at all to, to acquire. Because he thought it was his already. So therefore it doesn't work. In this case, they were trying to acquire it. It's just they were trying it through various different methods. So maybe we could say that since they intended to, they knew it wasn't theirs and they're trying to, to acquire it, then even if they didn't intend to acquire it with the specific act, it could still work. But in addition to that issue, because in addition to the fact that we don't know if this comparison works like we explained in the first half of the paragraph, we go back to the Givainim. The Givainim gave the field to the, gave the, the, the land to the Yidin without any kibush, without a conquest. And th therefore, it would mean that when they made chazaka, they obviously were they were obviously were were making the chazaka with the purpose of acquiring the land. And yet, we don't find anywhere in the Ramam to differentiate and say, "Oh, over there is different." Obviously, it's not about the fact that they did not intend to make a chazaka through 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 ownership, because here they would have. So this. Brings us back to the questions of the Kesef Mishnah. We have to understand the Rambam, and hopefully, by understanding the Rambam, we'll also understand the connection between Yerusha and Matana, uh, uh, as as the Rabbi Chavar explains. And see if hey, the Rabbi 
is going to begin the beer, and right away, the Rebbe is going to lay down a foundation that um, that is revolutionary and will change our entire approach to this discussion of the ownership of the Yidin. When the Abishter gave Eretz Yisrael to the Yidin, there were two different elements that were being accomplished. Aleph, their Kenyan moment, that says the Bailus of Eretz Yisrael, does was he belong to Yidin. Number one, number one, there was a financial, so to speak, a financial transaction. The fact that the Yidin owned the land based in Yifu Kedushas Eretz. And then a second thing, was that there was a sanctity, a holiness to Eretz Yisrael. And these two things are not intertwined as we're going to see in the Sikha. The bylaws, the ownership of Eretz Yisrael is, belongs to the Yidin regardless of whether they're there or they're not there and regardless of whether the land is holy and chayim and maises and shviyas or not. The bylaws is, is, is one thing. It's not con it's, it's connected, but it's not the same thing as Kiddush. The Bailus, the ownership, because Hashem sets with Avram. As the Shami teaches that the Abish says, I gave it in the past tense. It was already given. Even the says as fundamental on. I feel in the head of the Eden of Israel. Even before they conquered Israel. Geheritage Israel to the Eden of Stendik. The Israel belongs to the Eden for eternity. And even has a halachic ramification. The Gemara tells us that the daughters of Slavchad took their father's estate. But he was a, a Slavchad was a pcher, and therefore he received pishnaim. He received a double portion, and his daughters inherited that double portion. Even though the halacha is that when a pcher takes the double portion, it's only something that's already in his father's possession, but not something that potentially his father is going to get. For example, if his father made an investment, and they didn't get they didn't get back the. Uh, the return from the investment. And then the father passed away. So even though later on there's going to be much more money that's going to come in from this investment, but that's 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 that's, that's, roi. that's potential. It's not in the in the ownership of the father, and therefore the the will not get Pishnaim. He only gets Pishnaim, he only gets double portion from what's already in the father's estate. Nevertheless, we find that by came to Yisrael, Slavka got a double portion of Yisrael, but there's his own Muchzekesi. Because Eretz Yisrael was considered in the ownership of the Yidin. And therefore wasn't, it wasn't Beroi, it wasn't potentially in their ownership. Even though they weren't, in the time of Slavkot, they hadn't even entered Eretz Yisrael yet. And nevertheless, he received a double portion. But the second second concept, the holiness of Eretz Yisrael, especially to become obligated in mitzvahs, only, only, it becomes activated once the Yidden enter into Israel. And then the Rebbe explains, and if we're talking about going into Israel, if it's about ownership, ownership is, 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 is not connected to going into Israel. But if we're going to talk about going in, we find a difference in the, in, in the different types of going in. The first time around, the Abishter wanted and therefore commanded Chalutzim Tavru go in armed. And you, all of the soldiers should go in 
fully armed. And the land should be conquered before you. The Abishta said, how did you get in? Because you have to go to war. And therefore, the sanctity of Eretz Yisrael was dependent on the conquering, because that's what Abishter said. This is already, uh, this is already, and this is why the Chazaka didn't help, even though the Kesavisha says there was also a Chazaka. And the Rebbe had pointed out by the, by the Givainim, even according to the Tesis Yamtiv, who says he needed a Chazaka Midasa Noisen, by the Givainim there was a Chazaka Midasa Noisen. The giver gave it willingly. And yet, we don't count it as a chazaka. Why? Because the Gdusha is, is dependent on Abishar's commandment, which, which was to go to war. Excuse me. So the chazaka cannot activate the Kedusha because the commandment of Hashem was that it has to be done through war. The Yisei de Mizu. Additionally, since the, the words the Abishter uses is it says Haaretz, the land Haaretz, not call Haaretz, the whole land, but it says the land is Yisleimar. Yiriche was like the symbol and the, the entry point of Eretz Yisrael and therefore all of the nations were in there because because they were trying to protect it. Because once they break through Yerichai, it's as if the whole Eretz Yisrael is conquered. Once they conquered Yerichai, the entire the, 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 it's as if the entire land was conquered, and that's when the Kedusha is activated. In Eretz Yisrael, but when the Yidden entered, entered Israel through conquering, through conquest. Nor the Kamen, when again the Kamen Mitzvah says, "Given that nine days of Kibbutz Bechiluk," there were certain Mitzvahs that the Eibushes specifically said that there has to be in addition to conquest, also has to be the division of the land. Alzat nine lechiyu from the Mitzvahs that Rachmanit says Yevil, but the Chol and Kol Yisrael for example, Mitzvah Yevil. This is Aber Nit. This is Aber Nit. An Inyavas Kum Tzuk in Kedushas Aretz. That's when the when the chiyuv of the mitzvah, the obligation of the mitzvah begins. For some of them, there had to be after that an additional seven years of the of dividing Eretz Yisrael. But the kedusha of Eretz Yisrael began once they conquered Yerichai, because that's when the kibush was done, and the Abister said that the kedusha of Eretz Yisrael is dependent on kibush, specifically on conquering the land. And according to this, we can give another explanation why Chazaka didn't work. Because the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, it was done by, by when, when Ezra, when, when, sorry, when Yerichi was conquered. So this is before, this is before they took the, the, the Givainim. Before they took anything else, there was no chazaka on the land besides for Yerichai. So you can't say that it was done through chazaka because even though later there was a chazaka, but that's not what triggered the Kedush of Eretz Yisrael. If you said they had to conquer the whole land, then you could say it by conquering it, that was making chazaka. But, 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 but here, by saying, the, that by saying this extra nakuda that that once the Abister commanded it should be done through kibush, then it was activated at the conquest of Yerichai, 
then, then it was even before the Chayyidin took Chazaka of the rest of the land. So obviously, it wasn't the Chazaka that was doing it, even by the Givayinim, because they, 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 weren't, they, they weren't there yet. Meaning to say, when they conquered Yerichai, the Yidin already took ownership of, not the ownership, the, the, the Kedusha of the land of the Givayinim already started, because the Nikhbis Shaharitz was done, even though Chazaka wasn't done. However, when it comes to the second entry into Israel in the time of Ezra, I will remember you to bring you back to this place. Is that in Pekida? given what the Abishta wanted, but he remembered them. Not that they should conquer it. Nor they should they should go up and settle there. Therefore, in that case, what did they want? They want them to settle the land. They didn't want kibush, and therefore the chazak, therefore the kedusha that is accomplished that in that time period is a kedusha that is done through chazaka. So this is the Rebbe's beer that. Until until Sif Hay, we were we were going back and forth between ownership. I could take ownership through Chazaka. I could take ownership through through Kibush. And therefore, I was we were we we, we, we couldn't figure out why Chazaka doesn't work here. Why is Kibush better here? So first of all, he says when it comes to ownership, this is not a discussion. Not Kibush, not Chazaka. Ownership is because they gave it to the Yidden. End of story. The Kedusha, for that you needed the Yidden in Eretz Yisrael. The first time around, the Ebesha said Kibush, so therefore the Kedusha depends on Kibush. Second time around, the Ebesha said Chazaka, and therefore the, kibush, therefore the Kedusha is dependent on Chazaka. Now the Rebbe is going to spell out how this answers the questions of the Kesav Mishnah. This answers the first question of the Kesav Mishnah. The first question of the Kesav Mishnah was that why is Chazaka any better than Kibush? Why can we say that even after we, 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 we have a chazaka in the land, but once the other nations took it away from us, we lost our chazaka. Since the kedusha, the sanctity of Eretz Yisrael, was accomplished through Yeshua's fulfilling the commandment of Hashem to conquer, but together from which conquest on the most simplest way means you're taking something from the other person against their will. So this means that the that the bailus of the umos and which they, which they had. So let me let me read this again. is the This taking of this kedusha is dependent on being stronger than the nations. So therefore, once therefore once that strength over the nation ends, because because they took the land back from us. So now the Kedusha ends. Just like the idea of Chazaka. It's not focusing on the fact that I'm taking it from someone else. It's focusing on the fact that it's mine. Bottle. 
similarly when it comes to the Kedusha, if the Kedusha is dependent on my strength, then if my strength uh, dissipates, then I lose the Kedusha. The second time, it's not about the Kedusha. It's about recognizing a pre-existing ownership. And if once I recognize that pre-existing ownership, then it's mine forever. Even if they're stronger than me later, it doesn't matter. I already, already fell back, so to speak, on the bylus that was mine all along. I make the chazaka there, and therefore, even if you take it away from me, it doesn't matter because the, the bylus is mine anyways, and therefore the kedusha remains. When Ezra goes up there to Israel, the, the ownership affects the Kedusha. Just like the ownership of Eretz Yisrael never changes. It remains even when we're exiled, but it's still Eretz It's still our land. Similarly, the, the Kedusha that is connected to that ownership never ends. So this answers the first question, why is, why is Chazaka better than Kibush? It's not Chazaka is better than Kibush. It's what the Avister wanted was the Kedusha should be Aladei Kibush. should be through his Gabrus, through becoming more, coming stronger than the enemy. So when we're not stronger than the enemy, then the Kedusha is not there. But the second time around, we were falling back on our pre-existing ownership. because We were just uh, revealing and, and, and reinforcing our ownership. That's what gave the Kedusha. And because that ownership never ends, even if we're not there, therefore that Kedusha never ends. And this is, this is the, this is the, and this is the answer to understand the questions uh, that we, the Kesef Mishnah asked. And the same thing is, if you look at the second question of the Kesef Mishnah, he says, the first one, there was also a Chazaka. Why didn't the Chazaka work? And this, uh, and, and this is answered as well, very clearly. Even though there was a Chazaka, it didn't make a difference because the Abishter's commandment was Kibosh, that the Kedusha should come through conquest. And therefore, the fact that there was a Chazaka didn't, didn't change anything. Because as soon as the, as soon as the other nations overpowered the Yidin, the Kedusha went away. And with this, this Nekudah to separate Bailus and Kedusha is, answers what the Ramam is trying to say, and it makes things so, so beautiful and so clear. Now we're going to go a little bit into understanding this a little more with Isis of Chassidus, then we'll go back to answer our question on Yerusha versus Matana. This also fits in with the explanation according to Chassidus. What's the difference between the first Kedusha and the second Kedusha? In the first time, the Yidin went into Israel. Overall, the Yidin were on the level of Sadikim. When they go in the second time, in the Madrekif of Bali they were on the level of Bali Amongst the differences between Sadikim and Bali the Veda of Sadikim is primarily from above to below. Which means that an appeal, a bidder, and a lee, and them tachtin, that they, they, they refine and elevate the below by overwhelming it with holiness from above. But the downside of this is that because it's coming from above and it's not something that is necessarily being internalized in the below, it's not so connected to the below. And therefore it's not, it's not permanent. If you, if, you can, if, you, if you can say, for example, you discipline a child by screaming at them. So the child gets afraid and they do what you want. But as soon as you turn away, around and look the other way, they're going to go back to their old ways because they weren't educated. They were just disciplined. 
Similarly, when the other nation, when the land was conquered from the other nations, the other nations remained an exist an, an, an entity. Just they were just we were stronger than them. But then they strengthened themselves over us, and they were able to take the land back from us. Now the same thing would apply. In the person's Avedah, if the Yidin does not, the Yidin doesn't engage with the world, and he hasn't been tested with something that came from the from the other side to to, to tempt him in his Avedah. Is is as There's no assurance that if he were to be tested, he'd be able to overcome it because we don't know. On the other hand, the Balchuva, his avoida, it comes from below. Where we refine the below so that it should become a receptacle, a fitting receptacle for holiness. And therefore, that's like educating the child instead of disciplining the child, where you change the child. Similarly, you're changing the below that it should be able to contain and carry it elokos, and therefore it's in a way that it remains as that nifsek. It doesn't stop. That is a close And again, let's use this uh, this metaphor in the a person's avodah. Since he already engaged in the world, and he already succumbed. In certain things to go against Abishter's will, but now he's coming back, he's returning to the Abishter to the Teda Mitzvahs. This shows that when he, the second time he comes around, this shows that it permeated him so strongly that he can never he can never be pulled away. His, his connection with the Abishter is permanent and infinite. And this is be in, this is in comparison to the second uh, holiness of Israel. That even after we were exiled, Yidin can still come back. They went to Galat for seventy years. When they come back, they don't have to conquer it. They just take it back because it's really theirs. Just like we, just like the Baal that 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 is 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 really connecting to something that is his. He, once he refines himself and 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 changes himself, then the the connection is eternal. So, in a, in addition to to understanding the Rambam, that we it makes sense what the Rambam is saying. That the first time is kibbutz, the second time is chazaka. This also is consistent with what is said in Pnimi Satera that this is Sadiqim, this is Bali Chuva, this is Milmaila Lamata, this is Milamata Lamaila, this is Yashla Hefsik technically, because it's only Milamaila, and this Ainla Hefsik because the Kli, the receptacle below, was transformed. And now we can go back to the Ragachaver. We can explain the, the connection between the first Kedusha, which was through Kibush, and the idea of Matana, which the Ragachaver explained that it was Lazarachal Etein, or Lachatnena, and the second Kedusha, which was through Chazaka, which it says, Losses, Lachal Rishta, it was a Yerusha. Yerusha has no. Has, has no interruption to it. Matana does. 
Meaning to say, once, once, once you take the Yerusha, it's yours forever. But a matana could sometimes be reneged upon or something like that. The Tarot of Vasmatana Yeshlehev said, why is that? Even though the rule is that a person usually only gives a gift to someone who did something for him. Nevertheless, a present is not so much about what the what the recipient accomplished. It's more about the fact that the giver wants to give. And the recipient has no claim to it. When the fire slaves give the and therefore even after it was given, the, the, the giver can technically change his mind. When the father is an Indian Matana, when Ari is also eaten Shaykh Bikr to the Knisari Shana Kibish Yeshua, and therefore Matana is related to the first entry into Etisal with Yeshua. Just like when they went in, they, they conquered it, it came from above. Sai Kibshute Sayin of Edisadam, Canal, just literally. That it was something that came from above, and also in Avedis Adam, it's something that um, it, it, it didn't change the person. It only it only was done because David said so. Similarly, David gave it to us from above. Not because we took any ownership of it. The Abish said, even though we, we, we did own it, we did own it. But the Abish said, in this case, I want kibush, and therefore the fact that we had a, an ownership to it didn't didn't change anything. By Yerusha, the person is receiving it because he's the ear. He's related to the to the person that's leaving it. He has a claim to it. We say that it's not even considered a transfer of ownership. The Yerusha, the Yerush, the ear, steps in to the space of the person who passed away, who person left it for them. It's not even considered a transfer. It's that's how that's how connected uh, the, the 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 recipient is. Therefore, when it was given the second time around, it was in the way of Yerusha. When they go in, they went in not as conquerors, but they went in as owners, which means they have this intrinsic connection with Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, and therefore, they were they were falling upon, so to speak, this intrinsic connection, this ownership, and therefore, this it, it, it's theirs. It's already theirs. There's nothing that you could do to take it away from them. And therefore, the kedusha is eternal. Which Rebbe pointed out in the first seif that 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 that. Um, by the Brisbane of Sodom, the, 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 which we're explaining here is talking about Kibusheni. He speaks Belashan Avar. And the first time around, which is Kibush, the first Kibush through Yeshua, he says Belashan Asid. Kibusheni is given a firebund in the Bethesda, for the Midden Land. But so the Kedaf Eshtuftam Baasid Kavis Nanat Israel, for the Satan Zeshus, this is Nid Kaddish. The first Kedusha was dependent, as we just explained at length, by conquering the land, something that hadn't been done yet. They still had to go in and take it back from them. And therefore, it's it's etin and etnena. It's going to happen in the future. There has to be a kibush first. Sheikh Kedusha Shnia is given the efen as mitzair peula chazaka. Rabbi says blues megalik given the shaykes mitnlan as the Israel is theirs from freer. But the second kedusha was not something they had to conquer. They were just revealing something that already a pre-existent truth that it was theirs already since the Eibush gave it to the Avos to Avram Yitzchak and therefore it says nosati. It's in the past tense. It happened already. 
already now we're talking about the kibush sheni the second time they go in or the kedusha shnir rather is nasati lashon avar. It's already it already happened. So all of the, the differences that the Rebbe pointed out in the beginning, the Avar, the Asad, the Matana, the Yerusha, and the, the, and the, the fact that, that, that they didn't have to do anything beforehand, and the fact that, they, that Avram did something beforehand, all, uh, all connects in very, very uh, powerfully. The first Kedusha was something that came through Kibush, and therefore it has to be Sadlash and Asad. And it was a Matana because it, was, it, it wasn't permanent. And uh, 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 something had to happen. Sorry, the last thing is, is, is take back that last thing. It's, I'm, I'm mixing two things. Okay. Yud. Now, Sif Yud is sort of a takeaway from this. From this from this um, entire sicha, how it applies in the practical and is very, very powerful and is very, very connected to the time that we are in right now. We explained that this difference between the first entry and the second entry is only with regards to the Kedusha. As the Kedusha very, very important, even though we clarify this already, but we're clarifying this again, that this entire discussion is with regards to the Kedusha of Yisrael. But the actual ownership of Yidin and Yisrael is complete and is total from fun zin the rebister does land given to Avraham Avinu from the point where the rebister gave it to Avraham Avinu altanachlas elam an eternal heritage but sakrisas bris is nishayachishin ivafsek when it comes to a krisas bris a covenant a treaty is something that is eternal and can never be uprooted mamele is in dem nit kin untushet in velchen matziv. There's no difference where you, what the situation is. Even if because of our sins, we were exiled from our land and we were distanced from our from our soil. It remains ours. Our land, our soil. As we mentioned the name of the Yerushalmi before, that the Eretz Yisrael is ours, it's owned. Even though we sinned along the way, that never changed the reality that Eretz Yisrael is ours, it's owned, it's under our ownership. Especially as the Ramam explains, that even with regards to Kedusha, it's also ours. So there's two things going for us now. Number one, Bailus, ownership, started with Avraham Avinu, wasn't dependent on conquest. It wasn't dependent on anything. Once the Abish gave it to, the, to Yidin, it belongs to Yidin forever. In addition to that, the Ramam explained that the second time we went in, it was B'derech Yerusha. And if it was B'derech Yerusha, it's Eila Hefzik, it's eternal, there's no, there's no interruptions to that. But the fun is verstandig. This is not something that we can argue about. Or, or, or negotiate about. Or barter it. Or exchange it for something. In addition to the fact that it's Israel. With its full borders. From Mitzrayim. From the north, from the Nile. All the way till Nahar Paros. To the top of Eretz Yisrael. 
Is a used every yid when the fire can cane and has a shalom and mevat is enough a chilek for its soul. No one is allowed to give up even one piece with Israel. Is there velen obgeb and has a shalom of zach was kid kegin dem rosh nashem? Even the desire to give something away go, going against the, the will of Hashem was birtzein ne nas nalano which the Eibusher gave it to us within His will. And this, of course, is the Rebbe referring to. Uh, unfortunately. The, the, the various different times where Eretz Yisrael, the, the, the modern version of it, uh, 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 discussed or attempted or even in some cases went ahead and gave away, so to speak, parts of Eretz Yisrael, says the Rebbe, you can't do that. It, 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 going against the will of Hashem, who gave it to, to us, but even legally, but the Bible of Eretz Yisrael belongs to the Yidden, and that can never be taken away from them. And the, 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 even the Kedush of Eretz Yisrael, as it is now, is, comes from Yerusha in the time of Ezra and Yerusha in Lahavsik. And therefore, there's nothing to talk about, there's nothing to, to, to negotiate about, there's nothing to, 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 to exchange for. It's, it's the, it belongs to the Yidin. And we even stand up to this with the proper strength. With the proper strength. Not, oh, look what we conquered, what we did, the strength of our hand, and therefore we, we, have, the, we have the right to now give it back. But we stand with his proper strength that this is our eternal heritage. From the Abishter, who's the, who's the eternal God to the eternal nation, eternal people. Then, if we stand with the proper strength, then we can be successful. Until we see the fulfillment of the promise that the nation, that their kings and their officers will be our servants. As Umas Elam Helfen, the Eden Usfin, the Nas Hashem, Bechlal, when the Dominion and now Befrat Nachbis Managolis, that other nations will help the Eden to, to fulfill the will of Hashem. And especially in this area of the not giving away land, even when we're still in Golos. Because of course, when Mashiach comes, it's irrelevant. But even in the time of Golos, where if, we, if, if we stand with the proper strength, we will see the other nations support us in this. When thus I also be as much as I can, and this will hasten the coming of Mashiach, but then that guarantee in Gansa to sell the Kinni, which then even the other parts of Israel that are only going to become ours after Mashiach comes will then become ours. And then it will come a time when all the nations will speak very clearly to call out in the name of Hashem and to serve the Abish to everyone together, very speedily nowadays. So what we see from over here is that the bylaws, the ownership of the Eden is not dependent on war. It's not dependent on conquest. It's not dependent on anything. The Abishar gave it to us and then it's us and it's ours for, etern for eternity. And even the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, which the Abishar at one point wanted it to be done through Kibush, but later on, there was a second entry and there was a Yerusha and the Yerusha, what it did is it just revealed the fact that our bylaws, that our ownership has always been there and that is eternal and, and, and it's our job today to stand up strong for this ownership of Eretz Yisrael, for this bylaws of Eretz Yisrael and for, the, for this Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael and, and not try to negotiate Chas V'Shalom or anything like that. And if we stand strong, then the Eibishter, We'll see to it that even the other nations will help us and it will bring about the time where it will be revealed to the entire world that Israel belongs to us with the coming of Mashiach.